Blog Talk Radio. September 23rd, 2013, Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting from our Broadway studios, and Rebecca Tripp is back, and she is going to give us more details on her magical, mystical book, The Secrets of a Metaphysical Flight Attendant. Rebecca, you're on? I'm on, Tom. How are you? Good. What another? Wow. We have been blessed this, this fall, haven't we, with this weather? Beautiful weather, yeah. Great. Absolutely. How are you? Uh, you know, people, can we give your location? Is that uh, some people? Yeah, I'm down here. I am looking out my window. I've moved over to Fall River, um, Massachusetts, and I'm looking out my window at a beautiful tree in my backyard. And um, I live right next to Westport where I grew up right now, but right now I'm in West, on Fall River. And um, I'll be staying here for a few months. And then I'm planning to do my book tour. I think my book ah. should be coming out in January, the way it looks Great. right now. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, give us a little more. What if they decided that the book tour, where will that be? Uh, your publisher decides all that, yeah? Um, well, I decide. I decide, too. I can go wherever I want to go. And having been an international flight attendant who traveled the country and the world, I plan to take it wherever I feel like taking it, <laughs> well, which will be fun, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, um, it gives me a good motivation to go wherever I feel like going, because it's the kind of book that I believe will sell not only in bookstores, but in boutiques and other kinds of stores because of the um, the title. People, I was telling a woman about it yesterday up in Boston when I was up there, and um, as soon as I told her the title, everybody seems to laugh, and then they go, oh, let me write that down. I want to read that. They <laughs> like the title. <laughs> well, of course, you know, I'm, I've got a great affinity for the tagline, uh, Sex in the City meets Diary of Bridget Jones meets Mother Teresa. Yeah, you like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Well, it's, well got, it's-, it's got a lot of interesting things in it. it it's a spiritual memoir, and um, it's the story of my life as a flight attendant, but in the, that's kind of the background story. Um, throughout my whole flying career, I was always very aware of the fact that I seemed to be on the spiritual path. From the minute I stepped foot into the airline uh, world, I met my first teacher who taught me creative visualization, and then I learned about spiritual healing and evolved. It just kept going. And um, after I retired, I started teaching people how to go to this other level of consciousness we call it the alpha level. If you have a brainwave going on, you know, and you're lucky enough to have a brainwave. Yeah, if you're lucky to have a brainwave. If you're lucky to have a brain. You know, but I hey, like listen. To teach people. Mm-hmm. That's where it gets something. We, um, uh, just to let the radio audience know, the other day we met in a Starbucks and did some uh, videotaping, which is just uh, so easy to do today and uh, so effective. And. One of the things, I think, I don't know if it was that particular conversation, uh, talking about brainwaves and electricity and, of course, uh, electronics. That's what uh, 
Silva devoted and dedicated his life to. He was a TV uh, repairman, and then mm-hmm. he was, uh, and you know, given a jolt, so to speak, uh, and he started to pursue, you know, uh, all of the activity of the mind from a from a brainwave activity. Yep. That's right. He wanted to find out why certain people succeed in life and others don't do as well because he had quite a few children and he wanted to help them. That was his motivation. But he was just fascinated by why is it that certain people always, you know, zoom ahead in every area of life. And what he learned was they're the ones that are the natural alpha thinkers. The one genius lies in that alpha level of consciousness when you slow your brainwave down. What you're doing is you're getting your human mind, um, which operates with your five senses, out of the way so that you can tap into this infinite source of, you know, divine inspiration, everything, creativity, you know, spiritual sense, intuition. You know, it's interesting. I'm glad we're going down this path. Um, You know, I was always fascinated by radio as a kid. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I told you I interviewed a fantastic uh, radio personality, Dick Golden, who's now on Sirius XM Radio on Saturday mornings on Real Jazz, and Tony Bennett's best friend. And we talk a lot about um, the invisible waves of of radio. And isn't it amazing that um, <laughs> most people, when we start talking about the spiritual aspect of things, you know, they there's an immediate reaction, and the majority of the time it's not a good one. I mean, we have, you know, people who are interested, but there's the skeptics who, if it isn't in the physical world, it doesn't exist. And yet, they readily accept the idea that waves can travel through the air (laughs) to create radio or TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. And I told you about... Finer waves going through the air, you know, infrared and all sorts of things from the universe that we're not aware of either. Mm-hmm. And what were you going to yeah. say? Yeah, and they all have their effect. And I think one of the stories I told you that I uh, we both read uh, Power versus Force. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to, you know, just talk about kinesiology a little bit because the story has to relate about kinesiology. Why don't you give your take on what Richard Hawkins was saying. I think it's a good um, book. In, to, to, yeah. I thought it was a fantastic book. I, I, I really felt very awakened after reading it, and I, I read all of his other books after that that I could find. I thought he was a very, very interesting person who had um, a, a very transformative experience. As a boy, when he was delivering newspapers, he was you know out in a snow blizzard and almost froze to death, but um, his father came and found him as he was balled up in this snowbank, um, you know, trying to deliver papers. But he explained how while he was in that state, he had this spiritual experience that stayed with him his whole life, and I think he had quite a number of them throughout his life. But um, he yeah, well, described to, yeah, and to let the listener re- vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the listener, what happened was, the um he had this blue light encompass him that kept him warm for three days it was a, it was below freezing temperatures yeah he was he crawled and he created a a snowbank for himself but i mean he, there was nothing in there to generate heat except his body and right. there's no way he could have stayed alive in, in a snowbank but this uh blue light 
that encompassed him, very similar to what I think uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about in his experience. And so for three days, he was kept at normal body temperature, and then the father found him. And then the interesting mm-hmm. thing, again, uh, this touches on what I just started the whole conversation, is that people are so skeptical about the spirit world. And he became, went on to become educated, et cetera, and even after that experience, and uh, what we talk about a lot of times, it's so hard to remember those experiences where we're plucked from the normal every day into these moments of awakening and awareness. He became an atheist. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part? Yes, I do. He he did become an atheist for a while, and he became a psychologist, too. He was a practicing right. psychologist who helped many a- people. Actually, he was a psychiatrist, I guess. Psychiatrist, yes, psychiatrist. Yes, yeah, so he had an MD, and he becomes, mm-hmm. do, yeah, and do you remember what happened to him? He had the terminal disease. Um, oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, he had a term. He got a terminal disease, or it was cancer or whatever. He's going to die. He had like a couple of months left. <laughs> I mean, not funny, but now in retrospect, very funny. I mean, here's this guy who had, you know, was saved by this and knew it was a blue light, knew it was something uh, extra sensory, and um, so he's going to die. And he says, "Okay." If there is a higher power, if there is something bigger than this, here's your chance. Save me from this disease. And zingo, it comes back. And, again, he's, he's you know, immersed in this blue light, totally cured, you know, similar to your experience mm-hmm. with uh, spiritual right. healing. And, and right. so, like Eckhart Tolle, it's amazing how their stories run parallel. He does nothing for two years. But sit, hang around right. park benches, <laughs> mm-hmm. <He laughs> bathed in this light. You know, and mm-hmm. I've, I've read other and heard other stories. Um, there was a great guy who had a radio station, uh, Tom something, and it was, uh, I forget the name of it, but it was all about these um, metaphysical stories. And, you know, this this very similar story about this blue light and this transformative experience and People, uh, morph, morphic resonance. Oh my God, I haven't heard that. In, are you familiar with that term? Morphic resonance. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you? Why don't you throw a little light on that? Well, it's like um, Hawkins is talking about. You know, everything has a vibration, and we're like tuning forks. So if we're in the presence of a higher vibration, we're going to start attuning to it. That's why it's kind of nice to be in the in the presence of an enlightened human being because you can, you know, your frequency will raise and you'll be of a finer, higher vibration. And, well, and, uh, and vice versa, if you <clears throat> decide to uh, put yourself in that kind of a state, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't do have to yourself. go to a mountaintop in uh, you no. know, Burma no. or someplace. We're all or, capable uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it can be simply things like taking yourself out of a funk and putting on, you know, he. in fact, he talked about that, didn't he, it's some of the different levels of, of power. Um, you know, when an individual is in uh, the, pre- I, I forget what he said, I think the, the, one of the worst, I mean, of course, de- depression is, is really way down there, obviously. Shame and guilt were, I think, even Anger. more powerful. All the negative emotions, yes, shame and guilt are are way down also. And as you rise up in your emotional states to pure love, 
joy, happiness, you know. That's sort of creativity, thing. yeah, yes. absolutely. The, yeah. You know, the vibe picks up. So, you know, if you're in a funk, if you, you know, this is why it's so important that you don't buy other people's story about what kind of a person you are. I mean, you know, um, I, I remember here in South Boston outside on the bus stop every morning for the school bus, this woman, and I don't think she was the kid's mother, must have been a caretaker of some sort or relative, she would just berate this little girl for, for you know, what seemed like 15 minutes every single day with a little girl in tears and put her on the bus. And, um, you know, you can just imagine what that poor kid, what kind of days she used to have and what kind of mm -hmm. a, a mountain she had to climb to get out of that negativity. But we can do it to ourselves. I mean, one of the things I love about YouTube is that in five minutes, and I tell people when I speak, especially to cancer survivor groups, this is the ability to shift your mood, shift your energy so fast today by putting on something hilarious and a five-minute jolt um, that just right. bring you, it's knock you there. into a higher mm -hmm. level. That's exactly right. And you can just Google so many people that can, you know, make you feel better, turn your thought around. And, you know, we're, what we're doing now with the shift that's going on, though, is we're realizing we get to pick. We get to pick what kind of mood we really want to be in. And when those unhappy moods come over us, um, we don't have to let them swallow us up. We can step back and consciously say to ourselves, I don't want to be in that state, and put ourselves in a better state. And and that's what enlightenment is really all about, is constantly working to bring yourself up to a higher frequency where you're not being jolted by other people's opinions of you, attitudes toward you, or the news, or anything negative that's going on in the world. Because really, we were talking about the Course in Miracles yesterday. We live in our own universe because of, we all have our own consciousness. So we can right. create in our consciousness what we choose. Exactly, and uh, you know, on so many different levels, even even on the subconscious level, there is, and that's what you know. I think again, I, I have a picture of me. I think you've seen it with me holding my prosthesis up, and so there's this. You know, I can, it's almost like a yoga position where I can lift that leg almost up to my head. And, of course, it freaks audiences out, whether I'm doing comedy or whether I'm talking about spirituality. And uh, I think, you know, our, we have to keep coming back. What is different about our approach to all of this is that it's one foot on the ground and one foot in the air, right? Right. Which is, I we think, which, which you know, yeah. so we try to it's give... practical. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what I want to tell people, you know, a lot of... A spiritual teachers. In fact, I was reading, and a couple of quotes came to me over the weekend, and one of them was from Eat, Pray, Love, and she's, she, you know, she mirrors what you say a lot, and I say is that we get to uh, choose our thoughts. We have to be very careful what thoughts we choose. Well, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I finally realized with all of these uh, uh, books and along the path, we don't get a choice for the initial thought, do we? I mean, how many times for the initial a day... Thought? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What I call the the first thought is that you're, you're around. Yeah, you're having a great day, and everything's going fine, and you're in a great vibration. And all of a sudden, you know that memory of somebody who either hurt you or something that befell you or whatever it is comes into your head. Where? Where? I mean, how does that get in your head? You don't look at look for it. You don't want it. But this is the problem. They, you know, somebody said that. 
In fact, I think Deepak Chopra used to talk about that. That, that so I'm starting to go into his voice. I used to quote it all the time. That the human brain has 50,000 different thoughts every day, and 90% of those thoughts are negative. And Oh, and that's mm-hmm. the other thing. He says, and 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that you had yesterday and the day before and the day before that. So if you want to change, you've got to t- change the way you think. Well, that's but, right. Yeah. But those initial, th- you know, I, this is what I want to exonerate everybody, that, you know, that when I come into contact with people, you know, you don't have to take responsibility for those initial thoughts. It's, you're not a negative person. You're not uh, inviting. Well, you don't maybe. have to identify with them. You can watch them. You know, like in meditation, we talk about watching them like clouds passing over. Some, right. some clouds are dark. Some clouds are white and fluffy. Um, right. It just depends, but you don't have to be attached to these thoughts. You're exactly. not your you're not your mind. You're not your human mind. You're just you know. Jose Silva figured out where like the radio tower. The brain sends out signals and it receives signals. And if you don't like the channel, you can change the channel. Exactly. That's you the know. beauty of learning how to go to the alpha level and change the channel. It's all in your perception. If you're in the presence of someone. Um, that you would naturally dislike because of your predispositions, you can look at that person and find something about that person that is pleasant or enjoyable while you're with them and change your perception and enjoy the experience of being with them. And you don't even have to do that. You can simply just go, I'm not dealing with this anymore, and just excuse yourself. (laughs) Well, you You can do that, but, you know, when I was a flight attendant, I really couldn't get off the airplane. (laughs) You know, we didn't cover that in the radio show. You want to tell that story kind of quickly about uh, that experience on on the plane? Oh, the transcendent experience? Yeah, Mother Teresa. And they yeah. were all tugging at me, trying to uh, get my attention. It was like being in the middle of a snake pit, which can happen quite frequently when you're on certain flights and passengers are just very demanding. And um, I this had been going on and going on. And this particular day, I was really feeling the big negative energy from all these people that were just being outrageously demanding. And then all of a sudden, it was like, whoosh, I went up um, you know, spiritually to another place, I heard a voice say to me in a clear tone, a clear voice that said, love looseth me and lifteth me above hate's thrall. I had this image of Mother Teresa um, feeding the starving pilgrims, or not pilgrims, but starving people in Calcutta, you know, taking care of their needs. And I got this strong feeling of, I don't have to be bothered by these people. I can just serve them, help them, be there for them, but I don't have to get down into their emotional state. And it was such a freeing experience. I realized we can do this wherever we are. We don't have to ever take on the negative energy of the people around us. And it, it stayed with me after that for the rest of my flying career, which was many, many years. I never really went down back into that snake pit. And it didn't matter what was going on. I could just float around and be happy and joyful <laughs> and enjoy the trip. And because everybody was wondering, up. right, both the crew and, and, the, and the, the, the passengers were thinking, what is this woman on? <laughs> yeah, but, but it's very freeing. I mean, of course. And. That's all part of freeing yourself from this um, state that we're in, in this three-dimensional world. I think we come here specifically to 
find ways to free ourselves from that feeling of being in bondage in our bodies or our human minds and being trapped. Well, again, I, I, I think, you know, I love the model that, you know, it was very refreshing mm-hmm. to me. Scheinfeld <clears throat> says it's a game. You know, we're... we're it's a game. The, the real part of us is infinite. The real part of us exists all the time. You know, mm-hmm. Alan Watts, when I, I stumbled on one of his things this weekend, and, you know, he says the Godhead can never know itself. He says it will never have the ability to know itself because that's part of the game is to disguise itself during this trip. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, as, and then, you know, as Scheinfeld says in his model, and all of a sudden you start getting signposts like, hey, wait a minute. You know, what's going on here? You know, that that thing that just happened, that blue light that just came down and saved Richard Hawkins that he you know, like, wait a minute, you know, I'm not I'm not subject to the laws of nature. You know, that the real right. part of me, you know, can stay out in the sub freezing temperature in a blizzard for three days and be okay. And and it can mm-hmm. cure a, a, a terminal disease. So I'm not bound by anything. And so that's the real us, but it gets it's such a clever game that well, we get trapped into it's it. Trap. We get trapped yeah, because we yeah, don't understand that that's not our real self. Um, right. You know, I'll tell you another experience I had one day after um, that healing I had of cancer, and I, I was freed from fearing my body ever again. It just didn't ever bother me again. And that was many, many years ago. But I was um, a few, well, it was probably a few months after that experience. I was the type who was always in metaphysical bookstores, waiting for the right book to fall on my head with the answer. You know, mm-hmm. I was just a seeker. I mean, some people are more seekers than others, I guess, in right. their particular mm-hmm. lives. Right. It's part of the I game. Was, I was, and, and I think, it, yeah, I yeah. think it, it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. You came, your spirit, your soul, your real self came to play the let's find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's find out what this is all about game. And I've always been curious about it. And but then one day I remember I was I was meditating in, on something and all of a sudden I felt this amazing energy um within me, like around the heart area. It was just so incredible. And I realized, Oh my God, God is within. And it was mm-hmm. so clear to me that, you know, looking for it in books and looking for God out there, it's within all of us. You know, it is hidden within us. But to have a powerful feeling or experience of it, um, you don't get them all the time. But if you have just glimpses now and then, it's enough to confirm to you that it's real. And that's Yeah, and it's so hard. Thing. Like you say, when when the when the game, as they call it, when the game gets really intense, you know, that, you know, compared to football, it's football season, so you're up ahead and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're no longer ahead, you're behind, and there's only a few minutes left on the clock. It's hard to forget that you, you know, uh, a few minutes ago or the first two, three periods, you racked up 40 or 50 points. And so now you become this this uh, mindset that, oh, my God, we're going to lose. And it's hard to remember that power. Mm, mm. But right? if I mean, you, well, it, it can be, but I think you can actually get to a place where it doesn't matter what's happening out there anymore. You can be at peace inside. Yeah, and, and it's a long, again, I'm trying to, you know, we're, it's a a one foot in the yeah. air, one foot on the ground. Mm-hmm. Is, it's a journey. I want to build that bridge, fill that gap that a lot of the teachings don't do, which is, number one, <clears throat> all of those th- crazy negative thoughts, that 90% that most of us have, when, when you're not trained, when you're not aware, when you're not awake, 
you, you that's not your fault. That's part of the game. You know, well, it's they, to make yeah, there's names yeah. for that. You know, they call it the monkey brain. Yeah, um, the there's monkey an article brain. today about how 68% of people who are spiritual believe that mental illness can be cured by um, working on themselves, on yourself spiritually. You know, um, they call it the swing of the pendulum. You have your highs, you have your lows. And, you know, we call that bipolar um, right. condition today. But if you're if you become enlightened, you don't have those swings anymore. So what's the antidote for bipolar disorder? Spirituality. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm seeing I mean, it, granted, I, some people have to be on medication because they simply can't function. But, you know, so many times when we have these terrible emotional states, if we learned how to work on ourselves internally, we could be much better off. I know one of the first teachers I studied was this Gurdjieff, um, Russian mystic. And um, one of the things he suggested was spend three days and do not engage in any negative conversation for three days. And I did this. But I found while I was working on the airplane, I had to walk away from practically every conversation. (laughs) People would naturally be getting into negative conversations. But I was very conscious for three days of not doing that. And it it was work. But you have to work on yourself if you really want to free yourself from these negative states. And my other theory is that everybody has a different pain threshold. Some people can be completely crazy and be comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. They almost don't mind it. You know, it's their ticket to uh Well, you know, they, you we, know, we found that when I, I interviewed uh, a gentleman the other day who wrote a book about his the insanity of uh, his drug and alcohol addiction and gambling and and everything mm-hmm. else, and the insanity and the violence. And I, I said to him, why didn't you just walk? He says, I was having too much fun. See, that's the thing. People love being <laughs> you know, And again, part of the game, his soul, uh, whatever, his infinite self, the void, again, life, whatever, came to him to play that crazy game and, 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 and have mm-hmm. a ball with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, so, you know, again, folks, it's not your fault. You, these negative thoughts come about. That's when, when you become aware, the, the idea is to become aware that you don't have to engage those. I mean, and that's the ultimate lesson from everybody, isn't it? Don't react. We always have a choice. We have right. a choice. You know, now, one, one of Sh- Scheinfeld's, um, you mm-hmm. know, we've got just a couple of minutes here, but I wanted to, okay. well, th- these things come up. This is what I love about it, when you and I engage in these things. It just takes on a, a whole energy of itself that, you know, people, you're getting you're getting how many years of, uh, of maybe for me, like 40 years plus, and you the same, of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, searching and digging and reading. And, you know, we get to hash it out. And... One of the things I liked about Scheinfeld, his latest book about everybody can achieve happiness, is to understand that all of those feelings, the depression, the da 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 da, you know, the negativity, the shame, the guilt, the anger, they're just emotions. And the emotions, one emotion doesn't have any more value than, than the other emotion. And mm-hmm. which is interesting because, you know, I find a lot of spiritual teachers, you know, Hawkins would disagree and say, well, they have different levels and have value. Certainly you want the, the more enlightened state. But he's saying it's all just part of the game, the winning, the losing. It's all just different parts, different sides of the same coin. But he said, what I really like this is if you really understand that you're this powerful being coming here to play a game and you get that negative thing, is to go for the ride. 
and right, don't even because... don't even resist it. Just say, wow, well, isn't it yeah. amazing? And I've used this technique. Isn't it amazing that I can feel this, that I'm a being that can feel these swings? Mm-hmm. Well, so, maybe that's not even the real you, your emotional self. Well, exactly, it's the ego. Exactly, it's the ego. It's this, what he calls well, an avatar. It's almost like we're avatars. A great movie on that is The 13th Floor. Um, which really gets into it. And, and at one point, the avatar, the, you know, that there are all these avatars are in this game created by these guys, and, they, and the creators jump into the game to have fun. And at one time, the avatar looks up at the, you know, wherever these beings are that created it and says, you know, why do you stop playing games with me? But when you, there's, there's amazing power of saying, geez, I'm in a funk today, and going, wow, isn't it amazing that I can experience a funk? Mm-hmm. And therefore, all of the resistance goes out of it. And I found that when I do that, and they say that I can experience this funk, this anger, um, whatever it is that's going through, and go, wow, let me just get into this experience for a second. And again, what resist persists, but once you start to go with the flow, all of a sudden, well, it, it's gone. It always passes, doesn't it? It always yep. passes. Everything it is. always passes sooner or later, but that technique right. really blew my mind, and so it becomes this, you become the ultimate observer. You know, mm-hmm. that's when you kind of mm-hmm. enter that, that point of your higher self and say, wow, I can play games with these little emotions, can I? Oh, you can and move in and out of dimensions. You can recreate and you can recreate yourself. I mean, you, you can do all kinds of fun things once you become the observer. Exactly. You know something? We're gonna we're gonna cut this off here for a second. But again, I I just am amazed by this process of you and I uh, connecting like this because boy, we could just go on all day long. That every time we do this, right? Oh, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great, great wow. episode. We're gonna pick it up where we left off. We're gonna talk about radio waves because I I found this analogy uh, early in my years when I was a salesperson and driving down the road and listening to the radio, and Rush Limbaugh used to be on and drive me insane. And i got to tell that story next time. So, Rebecca, thank you. Have a beautiful uh, September day, and uh, we'll pick it up soon. All All right. right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.